Hello and welcome to You Are Your Answer. I'm Elle Darcy and this is our fourth episode. I recorded this yesterday on my dad's, what would have been, I think his 60th birthday. And then as I was recording, I was so dialed in, it felt so good. And then I realized at some point the microphone had stopped working. So while it recorded on my iPhone, it did not record on my microphone. So the sound quality that you may hear will be a little bit different, but listen, I was so attuned. I was so dialed into the message and what I was saying that I actually refuse to re-record because, you know, sometimes it's just too good in the moment. It's like when you think about the perfect comeback way later and then it just wouldn't be as juicy as like actually just not responding. (laughs) So I'm so happy you're here. And I want to remind you that this podcast, You Are Your Answer, was designed so that we women could do life advice a little bit differently. It's about life advice that comes from within. I truly believe that most all of us have the answers inside of us, and we just need the belief, the courage, the action, the oomph, the self-trust to believe that we can find the answers that are within us. And sometimes maybe we just need a little help getting to them. We need to be asked the right questions, which is why I'm here. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. It really is so special to me. And I think I'm going to do more episodes like this. So tune in, hopefully mostly to yourself, but definitely to this episode. And let me know what you think. Enjoy. So here we are. (laughs) This episode is interesting. This episode is, I'm making it on my dad's birthday. And I've been thinking about this a lot, mostly since March of 2022. And then Definitely since June of 2022. And the reason being is that I have been in a deep personal discovery about how we as daughters can heal from dads. How do we heal from our relationships with dads who, like mine, were drunk and absent and unavailable and also charming and funny and Uh, somebody who could light up a room, right? Like there are so many nuanced relationships that we have. And especially I think that the dad and daughter dynamic is something that, um, that I personally have been healing and maybe healed. I don't know. I think, I think we're constantly healing and evolving and changing. So I don't want to put a period on the end of that. Maybe it's just a comma, but as it's his birthday, you know, I was thinking about all the women, so many of us who make decisions and choices in our lives that are directly from how we learn to be, how we learn to act, how we learn to feel, how we learn to move and speak because of or because of the lack of our own dads. And like, I have nothing but love for dad's who are present and available and kind and nurturing and generous to their daughters. Because, you know, not that those daughters are going to be without problems. Listen, we're all going to be in therapy for some reason or another. But I really, this one is for daughters like me who had a difficult relationship with their dad and really never got to reconcile it for whatever reason. But then he passed away. So it's 
you know, one of the things that I've written about this is like, how do you grieve a relationship that you never had? How do you grieve a relationship that wasn't even the one that you wanted? So when my, so let's backtrack to March of 2022. I am in this relationship and I am so unhappy. I am feeling so unloved. I'm feeling so unseen. And you know what? I am working so hard to make it work. Like, because like many of us, we've been taught that the harder something is, the more value it has. And what a fucking lie that is. I can't can't with that, first of all. It's like, yes, things are hard and we put in work. But when things are that hard, when you are a person who is just like begging to be seen, begging to be loved, and you think like, if I could just get this person to, to see me, to want me, to make me feel special, to make me feel, you know, valuable, to make me feel worthy, and all of your effort, like everything you're doing is to get them to see you and to choose you, it that is not the right kind of hard work, <laughs> okay? First of all, that is not the right kind of hard work. And so I'm in this relationship. I've been in it for like maybe a year and a half. And he leaves me on a date, on a fucking date, to go do drugs and party with his friends. And I felt like the little girl who was sitting on the porch, who was waiting for her dad, and he decided to go play pool and drink with the guys. And I don't know why I had all of a sudden this, you know, come to Jesus moment with myself. And I got it from the table and I I drove home and I I knew that I was not only done with him and our relationship as we knew it, but I knew that I also had to be done this pattern. This, at some point, I had chosen this. And this is something that I say a lot. And I truly believe, like, what happened to us? That The terrible, traumatic, awful things that happened to us were and are not our fault. But healing it, healing what happened to us and how it plays out in our lives is our responsibility. And you cannot convince me otherwise. That is our work. And that is the right kind of hard work. It is much harder to walk away from something that you know than something you have no idea about. That's like, at least when I dated men who were very much like my father in the sense that I felt you know, like I had to work to be loved, at least I was guaranteed a feeling that I knew. But learning or becoming or trying or getting out there and being a woman who knew that she wanted banquets instead of crumbs, but had never consciously chosen that or was willing to feel that or say no to anything that wasn't that, that was hard work for me. I can dance with the drunk, uh, <laughs> the devil all day. I can, I can, I know that. I know what that person is like. I'm used to that person. I know how to be agreeable and funny and accommodating and small. And I know how to be easy. And then sometimes, you know, when I'd speak up for myself, I was, I was, you know, just an angry, like, 
and whoa, I can't believe you're so not cool. Or, you know, like I knew how to play those roles with men. I had a daughter with one of those men. And at some point, the conversation had to become, Elle, are you going to choose to continue to choose this? And in March of 2022, he left to go to Rira's in Portland and I went home. And let me tell you, the grief that that breakup brought into my life was kind of unreal, but I wasn't necessarily breaking up. Like it didn't feel like I was so sad because I was breaking up with him. It was that I was breaking up with these patterns, this way of being that had interestingly served me and not served me my entire life. Like I had to, I had to figure out how to walk the walk. Like I was doing, you know, I've done all this work with women and I've been a social worker and I hear I am a coach and, and, you know, and I'm, you know, seen as a, as a women's empowerment person. And, and I bring all this advocacy and, you know, and then at at the end of the day, like I was crying in this relationship because he was getting drunk and I couldn't find him for three days. Like, you know, like I could talk the talk, but like, I didn't know how to walk the walk. I didn't know how to truly live and play by my own rules, by something that I had never done. And I know a lot of us feel this way. I know a lot of us like struggle with this. It's like, well, at least that's a known. And what if, what if I walk away from this thing that is ultimately causing me so much pain and is making me feel so unlovable and then I'm never loved. And I will just, I won't even gatekeep the answer. The answer is starting in March of 2022, I went on a year plus journey of figuring out how to love myself. And that sounds cheesy. I get it. That sounds so cheesy. And that is actually what I did. And my thoughts and words and actions had to align for what I desired in my life, which was healthy, secure, safe love, first from myself, and then hopefully from somebody else, and then walk the walk. Then I had to walk the walk. Then I had to do the fucking thing. And that's probably the worst thing for any of us, right? Like, we're like, yeah, in theory, it's great. And then like practicing it or <sighs> making choices that are are going more toward what I desire than what I'm trying to avoid or what I feel like I perceive I lack, right? So again, the ethos of this podcast is to awaken your own knowing, to unlock your own intuition, to really bring her forward. What is it that you know? And so I wanna ask you some questions, okay? And maybe you grab a journal, maybe you just you know come back to this and you think about it and you ruminate over time. But I'm going to ask questions and we're going to talk about it because ultimately I know, I know that all of us and especially you have the answer inside of you. It's, it's in there and it might be the hard answer. It might be the answer that you're like, fuck that, not that answer. Like it might be the hardest kind of right work for you. Okay. Typically our intuition is designed to 
well, I believe this actually. So I believe our intuition, one, is always on our side. It always has our back. It always wants what is best for us. And when she's there saying, not this, mm -mm, it's not this, this is not it. It gives us an opportunity to say, what is possible for me? If it's not this, and I know it's not this, I have to be brave enough to go inside myself and say, what is it that I do want? And we're not taught how to do that. We're taught to look outside and say, what does everyone else need? What does everyone else want? How can I help everybody else? You know, I'm just going to put myself at the bottom of this, you know, totem pole. I'm going to be on the back burner here and everyone else gets to be on the front burner, you know? And it's like, no, no, the bravery, how you actually change your life is by saying, what is it that I want? How do I want to feel here? And so if we are going to heal from dads like these dads that we had. The first thing is to acknowledge how did he make you feel when you were little? Now, listen, my therapist and I, I have like a, a no inner child <laughs> fly zone. My therapist is like constantly, well, not constantly because she's dope, but like, she's always like, let's talk about inner child. And honestly, it's revolting to me. The thought of inner child work is so painful to me. And I did it during this year. Like I actually like went in there and whoo, I was like, you know what? We never have to do that again. Like, nope. Um, but it mostly, I mostly started to do this inner child work where like I had broken up with my boyfriend in March and then my dad died in June and we weren't talking at the time. And so, you know, it's always easy to be like, I'm healed. I'm good. Like, um, look at me go when you're alone. And then all of a sudden we get into relationships with other people relate. We relate to other people. And then all of a sudden, like all of our fucking bags come to play and like, oh my God, like it's so intense. Right. And so during this time, she, like my dad dies, I put down my 12 year old dog. My friend is murdered by her boyfriend. Like I am, let me tell you, I'm in a grief tsunami. Like I can't breathe. Like I'm just, you know, and now she's like, let's do inner child work. And I'm like, wow, way to kick me while I'm down, Melanie. <laughs> okay, let's do this. You know what? Like, fuck it. Like, you're just like, it can't get worse than this. So let's, you know, like when, when he left me on the date, I was like, can't, can't actually get worse than this. Um, so giddy up, you know? And so I had to first acknowledge how he made me feel. And I want, I want you to remember being little, like, did you feel unseen? Did you feel unspecial? Um, did you have this constant um, kind of like waiting energy? Like, did you feel unlovable? Did you feel imperfect? Did you feel like if you could just, you know, act a certain way, then, then he would show up or then he would love you or then he would insert whatever, you know, but I don't think that unless we acknowledge how our dads made us feel both as children, teenagers, as grown ass women, how, how did they make us feel? Because there is something about, and I don't know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. My dad's actions, my dad's behaviors, I never looked at them and said, 
wow, that's a fucked up individual. Or wow, that is an individual who doesn't have the capacity, understanding, empathy, um, connectedness to himself to love me well. I internalized it. And I know you do too. I know that we're like, if I, it's something I'm doing, I'm doing something wrong. I need to be better. I need to work harder, right? And we see how this plays out in our intimate relationships with people. And part of acknowledging how our dads made us feel is going to actually probably make us very angry and and sad and grief stricken because it's like, how fucking unfair is that, you know? And one of the things that helps me get through this is reminding myself like, that was his literal best. That is the best he had. And I genuinely believe that. Like, and some people's absolute worst is their best. And in myself, I can find compassion for both of us. I don't always like, I'm not a person who's like, yeah, like, just forgive them and move on. Like, that's just not really my style. I'm more like, wow, like I can zoom out and say, wow, that that was his best. Uh, and his best was fucking terrible. And it hurt me. And it left me with a lot of pain. And that is that that's my inheritance, right? Like, okay, now I have to do the work of breaking that generational pattern, breaking these generational um, ways of inflicting pain onto people. And, you know, that's, I'm just going to like sidebar, like that's hard for me, given that I had a daughter with someone who's an alcoholic, who is life of the party, who, you know, hasn't been there for her. And I'm seeing even my own daughter think that that is something that she did wrong. Instead of saying, no, that's his job as her dad and his lack and his inability to show up um, or to get well or to make it not about him. And even at 10 years old, I'm seeing my daughter feel the same feelings that I felt, yet I'm her mom, right? Like my mom wasn't certainly taking care of my little spirit and soul and making me feel like it's not you, it's him. And it's just, it's so deeply painful how we women and and how we as girls and daughters internalize the actions, behaviors, words of men and make it mean something about us instead of something about them. And if you are going to acknowledge how he made you feel, I also want you to like have a moment of being like, and I'm not going to feel like I did that. I'm not going to blame myself for his failures. He actually made me feel that way. <laughs> that is his doing. And it wasn't right. And it's not fair. And how am I still allowing that to happen or play out in my life just because I know it? So that's the second thing I'm going to say is what behaviors did you do to accommodate him? And that is going to very quickly translate into how we accommodate intimate relationships and people who 
aren't very good for us, <laughs> honestly. Um, are you agreeable? Are you codependent? Um, are you hyper independent? Um, are you constantly the fixer? Are you always accommodating? Are you playing small? Are you putting um, whatever he needs and wants before yourself? Are you taking care of him before you, you take care of yourself? Do you only take care of yourself once he's good? So that is how we can start to see how one, it happened, the ways in which we made it work in order to survive, in order to be accepted, in order to hopefully be loved. And I bet there is a very strong correlation to how that is playing out in your life now. Not necessarily with men, but also most likely. And so, so let's do that again. So number one is how did you feel when you were little, when you were a teenager, when you became an adult woman? How did your dad make you feel? Acknowledge that, write it down. And what behaviors, how did you play, how did that play out? What did you do? What are the actions that you find yourself doing in order to accommodate or to make it better or to make yourself more lovable or more worthy or more seen when you were little, when you were a teenager, when you were an adult. And three is how is that playing out in your life now? Notice the voice that comes up. A lot of times our intuition is like going to be kind and gentle and very clear and very grounded. And our inner mean girl, <laughs> our inner critic, our inner bitch, our inner um, you're not good enough. She is going to be harsh and critical and an absolute emotional terrorist. So you gotta, you will figure out who's speaking. You gotta, you gotta kind of parse it out. Like, oh, okay, this is my intuition. Like I, like my intuition, like I know that she comes online when like I'm being really deeply graceful and kind to myself. And when I'm being like harsh and mean and my anxiety is coming and I can't do enough that is, those are, you know, parts of me um, designed to keep me safe. And that's totally fine. And you may find that. And as you start to do this kind of inner work, like it's okay. We're just looking for the intuitive knowing, the intuitive answers from your highest self, because that voice, that feeling is the one that's got your back. That's the one that wants the best for you. That is not the one that wants to keep you stuck. Number four. This is a huge one. This is something that I've said all the time. Crumbs versus banquets. I can't tell you how much I have accepted crumbs in my life. Like, and so many women that I know and love right now in the world are accepting crumbs. And we need, you need to get to a space where you're like, first of all, this fucking crumbs. And second of all, I desire banquets. I don't know. I probably can't eat that much. I'm probably just going to need like a plate first because, right, we would be totally overwhelmed if all of a sudden we had banquets of love. I have, I have literally had people like want to love me and I'm like, ew, that's gross. Like the only reason is 
because, and maybe they were love bombing, let's be real. But like the only reason was because is I was so used to crumbs that like, I'm this, I'm too full. Like I have full, I, not only I have full ick, I'm anxious. I don't know how to receive this. I don't know how to like, I don't know how to accept this in my life. Like, whoa, you know? And so first of all, you're just going to acknowledge like, this is fucking crumbs. Like I'm with someone who baseline is making my life harder, <laughs> who doesn't respect me, who isn't um, paying attention to me, who makes me feel like I have to work really hard to be seen, loved, he um, helped. Um, so if you, if you know, and this is me, March, 2022, like this is not me now, obviously. I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd have this podcast if I was still me, March, 2022. Um, and I cannot express this enough. This is a journey that you are going to go on. If you are a person who has, has historically accepted crumbs in your life and you're like, okay, I'm ready for banquets, bitch. Like, let's go. You are going to have to start at like a plate serving and it's going to feel so weird. It's going to feel so weird. And like, it's not something that happens overnight. And you have to give yourself grace with the fact that like, ooh, like, Receiving is super uncomfortable for me and that's okay. I'm going to be with myself, stay in my body, keep breathing and know that I'm going to work toward the thing that I desire, which is to feel like I've got me. I love me. I trust me. And I know how to choose people who are good for me and I'm just like every part of this journey is just a step toward me not only believing that, but acting in alignment with how much I choose myself and love myself. And I think this is number five. It's like so many of us have this fear, right, of being either unloved or unlovable. And a lot of times we are in dynamics that are actually making us feel unlovable. Like it's like, it's like manifest destiny, right? Like it's like, we are, we're so committed to playing this part and we know it so well, the feeling of being unloved or unlovable that we are creating a reality in which we are. And it's so painful to have that moment of recognition because once you see it, you can't unsee it. That's, that's what happened to me on that, that date. And it's like, we're so busy, not only working on something that has probably very extreme highs and lows, and that's that crumbing, right? Like a crumb and then like a big banquet and then a crumb and then a big banquet, but it's like never steady. Like it's never, it's never fulfilling. It's never satisfying. It's just enough to keep you fucking playing the game and keep you there. And when you realize like, oh, wait a minute, not only do I fear the thought that I am totally unlovable too much, um, I will never be enough, whatever whatever those thoughts are, but now I'm like actively choosing somebody who, who validates that for me, who honestly like makes me feel that way. And I'm, I'm a participant in that. And when you see that and you can't unsee it, instead of now avoiding like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like now I have to like get honest about the fact that like this person is like not for me or they can't love me 
and that this is their absolute fucking best, (laughs) you have got to bring in such an intense amount of grace to yourself and be like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how to love myself because the missing ingredient is, is not the other person. It's not their lack. It's not their inability. It's not their defects. It's not that they need more therapy. Like, of course they do. It's that I am choosing, I am believing that I deserve this. And that is the problem. And with so much grace and kindness and gentleness, I am going to be like, okay, well, we're not doing that anymore. And instead, I'm going to figure out how to love myself. And you know what? I made it. Maybe I bet you you were like me, like pretty not great at it. In fact, it didn't even cross my mind for most of my life. Like, oh, I have to love myself. Like I was just too busy making everybody else's problems, my problems, instead of being like, no, we're going to like do the thing that is healing to you, which, okay. Side note, if you haven't read Codependent No More by Melanie Beattie, I'm going to like, you're going to go put that, you're going to go find a a local bookstore, you're going to order it and you're fucking welcome. Because the way that I realized that even as like my, when I held this identity of like super independent, like can't touch me kind of woman, I was so codependent in my relationships because I needed the guy that I was with, the drunk, the the guy who couldn't love me well, like I needed him to play that role so I could play my role of I'm unlovable, I'm too much, I'm whatever. And like we fed off each other, right? Like, I mean, total empath and narcissist shit, right? And then I, I recognized the way in which I kept this pattern, this story going. I knew where it came from. I knew what I was doing. I saw how it was playing out. I saw that I was accepting crumbs. I had to come to this realization that maybe the story was, is I am extremely lovable and I am worthy and I do deserve a really good life with a really good partner who makes me, uh, smile, who brings more happiness into my life than I already have created for myself because my, 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 my life is so full and beautiful and that they're just going to add to it. Like it is so much harder to sit with that journey. That's like, that's like Mount Everest. Like you're just like, Ooh, like that. Like I really have to get honest about the ways in which I am choosing this life. And This is tip number six. What do you desire? Let's just start there. Like, I didn't know healthy, secure love. And I I was like, I desire that. Okay, that seems so far away (laughs) from where I am right now. What would it look like to have healthy, secure love in myself first? Okay, well, I'd have to show up for myself. I would have to speak kindly to myself. I would have to give myself grace. I would have to 
maybe focus on things that brought me joy, that brought me, you know, that felt creative, that made me feel alive, as opposed to focusing on fixing everybody else and their problems. Because it's, a, it's you know, it's a whole lot easier to pay attention to other people <laughs> when we're fixers, right? Like, that's what we were taught when we were little. Like, you know, you take the temperature of every single person in that room and you are melding your entire body into what everyone else needs you to be instead of them doing that for you. And that's their fault. But then you look at it 30 fucking years later and you're like, I'm still so attuned to everyone else. And yet I haven't taken care of myself once today. And that is a, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's like a, that's a tough come to Jesus moment when you have that with yourself. And the way in order to do it, the way to do it is to say, what do I desire? Okay, let's just start there and work backwards. We're going to like reverse engineer this. So I want a healthy, secure love. I want a love that feels gentle and kind and um, easy and generous. And now how am I offering that to myself? first. Okay. And we're going to, and then what steps would I need to take in order to start having that a little bit more in my life? The last tip, number seven, about healing from our dads. And believe me, I'm going to have like a whole mom's podcast. Like I'm no contact with my mother. Like I can't even wait. That's going to be like, it's going to be fun. Um, but this is what I want to say. This is like maybe the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like say that this is the most important tip, but maybe it is. Because this is kind of the thing that I want you to remember most. When you are healing, you have to be so committed, invested, protective of choosing yourself. It, like the way that this is so hard <laughs> as women, it's not easy. But I swear to God, if you choose yourself, if you focus on what you desire and not what you don't have or aren't being, if you focus on, I'm just, what would it look like in this moment to choose myself? Because the other stuff is easy. I know how to show up for everyone else. I know how to put everyone else before me. Like I'm good at that. What does it look like in this moment to choose myself? How could I love myself a little bit more in this moment? How can I be the woman that I've always needed, the, the parent, the partner, the friend, the lover that I always needed. How can I be that to myself? How can I choose myself with kindness? Um, and also with, with a knowing that I may not be good at this because this isn't something that one I was taught to do. And it's not something that I'm feel like I'm like extremely good at right yet. It's not normal for us as women to sit here and choose ourselves. It's not. It's it's actually like the antithesis of what we've been taught. It's like be attuned to everyone else, not yourself. So so sometimes choosing yourself is going to look like getting yourself a glass of water because you've been going all day on coffee. Sometimes it's going to look like you checking in with your body and seeing that you are like bone tired and you're not going to do the dishes. You're going to go lay down and take a nap. Sometimes choosing yourself is having a hard conversation with someone that you love, love, 
but you are abandoning yourself by continuing to choose to stay in that relationship. And you can love somebody and say, I'm still going to choose me. And you can do it again and again and again. And it is the scariest and most worth it work you will ever do in your entire life. And I believe that I can only say this, like I only believe that I can say any of what I'm saying because I lived it. And anything that I'm sharing is my truth and my lived experience of being a woman who felt deeply, deeply unworthy and unlovable and unseen and healed it, healed it and is still healing it. And I don't want to say I'll be healing this forever because I don't, I don't believe that. But I believe that like, if I hadn't have, if I didn't go through the grief and pain and like dark night of the soul that I did, I wouldn't be able to have this, these kind of conversations with you. And while on the outside, it may have looked like I've always chosen myself and what is right for me. And for the most part, that's true. In the deepest, most intimate parts of my life, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be there, right? Like I just couldn't access it. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And it was, it was a journey and it is going to be a journey when you decide I'm going to choose myself. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know. I'm going to rock the boat. I'm going to piss people off. Maybe no one will love me. I have no guarantee what's going to happen. Who's going to stick around. Let me tell you, everybody fucking stuck around. Like I I won't even like plot twist. Everyone stays. Everyone who's meant to stay, stays like period. Your people are going to stay. And not only that, they're going to, they're going to be so excited when you start to choose yourself. They're going to, they're going to cheer you on. And if they're not, somehow, somehow they are benefiting from you abandoning yourself, from you not choosing yourself. That's like a great litmus test. (laughs) Like, does this person want what's best for me? If not, it probably means they are benefiting by me not doing what's best for me. Right? Okay. I'm going to end there. Hopefully you can understand why I did not want to re-record and we use the iPhone audio instead. Sometimes when you are just dialed in, you can't recreate that sort of energy and I didn't want to and you don't deserve that. And uh, this podcast and connecting with you deserves the energy more than the perfection, (laughs) right? I am already thinking about the next podcast. I can't wait to connect again. And please, as always, let me know what you think. I hope you have a beautiful day. And until next time, just go ahead and trust yourself.